Hi, this is Loz from Find My Wild. This is the documentation and the diarizationization of how I rebuilt my life post a domestic violence abusive relationship. This is episode four, and today we are delving into the court process. This is coming fresh off me being awarded sole parental responsibility for my children today. So before we get started, say it with me. I am so brave, I am so strong, and I'm so very loved in my space. All right, let's get it. Summer, say hello. Okay, here we go, the court process. So I've had to take notes because this is a long journey. I have been in court for over three years now because it commenced, I separated with my ex-partner on the 23rd of September 2019 and it was a month later that court process was started for us. So I'm going to go back a little bit, set you up with some context and then we're going to move through it. I won't be able to mention everything today or you'll be here for fucking ever. This is already probably going to be a long episode. So if you are here and you want to make a coffee, go to the toilet, get a wine, kombucha, whatever you want, you might want to settle in and get comfy because I feel like I'm going to be talking for a bit. So it all started when, so I left the kids and I left on the first day and it was about three or four days later uh, that he rang and demanded to see the children. He's like, I want them dropped off now. I'm their father, da-da-da-da-da. So I dropped them off and then 10 minutes later I get a really erratic phone call from him screaming and yelling and saying, I can't fucking do this, blah-blah-blah, come and pick them up now. So by the time I got there the kids were crying, it was a big ordeal and I picked the kids up and I took them home. And then move along a week or two later, same thing happened. And then this time I was off to a doctor's appointment at the time and I said, I can't come and get them right now. I just need to go see the doctor and then I'll be there. And then I said, why are you acting like this? And to which he screamed in front of our children, because I'm on drugs. Anyway, so I picked the kids up, crying tears, and that was that. And then a week later, his parents were here from interstate and demanded to see the children and I dropped them off and within 10 minutes the kids really didn't want to go either so now that I look back I should never have done it but I was trying to do the right thing and within 10 minutes I get a phone call of the kids absolutely screaming he was screaming and yelling and when I got there they all just were running out of the house tears in their eyes screaming that they never wanted to go back there they got in the car and we all cried together and that was when I knew he was scheduled to see them on the Saturday and this must have been like the one day in the week, Thursday, we'll just say Thursday. And I knew then and there that this was the time that I needed to make a decision that wasn't just about me, it was about the kids and how they felt in regards to everything. So I got my best friend with me and at first I rang around lawyers in my local area and I was booked with the first guy and then he cancelled and it was a bit wishy-washy. And then I booked with the second one and I just went over there and when met with her, my one of my good friends came along and I remember that day feeling so anxious and in such a fight or flight energy that I just was like, she's going to help me and that's all I needed to hear was that she was going to help me and do it. So after that, she printed off a one-page thing with a, a quote or an estimate or whatever and nothing was explained on the length of how long these things go, how many court appearances we would be expected to make, how much, you know, there was like an estimated cost for $4,500, right? 
And I was like, okay, all right, I can somehow sort this out. And it was no, that was no idea to me that that would be for X amount of time or that if there was too many emails sent or anything that it would continue on from there. So I agreed to it. Biggest fucking mistake I ever make. And if you hear any of my stuff that I post on Instagram or if you're in the community and the stuff in the community, you will hear me talk about the fact that you should never, ever hire that first lawyer go around, shop around, see who resonates with you, get a really good grip on what the costs are, how long they're anticipating you to be in court. Like it wasn't until later that I found out, oh, most family courts are at least 18 months. What? That bitch didn't fucking tell me that, did she? No, had no idea. Like I just assumed it was pretty black and white. The kids were scared. They didn't want to go there. I'd never dealt with family law before. I thought it would be an open and shut case. Little was I wrong. So she said to me, go make a police report. So my friend came with me and the kids and we made a police report and we were issued, they didn't want to give us an AVO or DVO, whatever they're called, an intervention order where the person can't come near you and stuff because they said, you know, I think he just needs a talking to, he hasn't physically harmed you. So it's just at the moment all talk. So we'll go over and calm him down. So I was given a mobile number and a card of a police officer and basically I worked with him a fair bit and that was meant to help me in court. So I had this lady there with me going to court and we went to the first hearing and I still remember showing up at the first hearing. It was the first time that I'd seen him since he left. No idea what I was doing. I took no one with me. I went on my own and, you know, anyone that's been to court, you know, you might be booked at 9.30, they go in, they see you, then they send you out to try and get you to agree on whatever's been said. And then you kind of go back in and forth all day with an agreeance. And I just remember them coming out and they were like, right, that's it. Um, You have to agree to X, Y, Z, you know, a drug test, weekly phone calls, uh, on a, you know, weekly phone calls on a Wednesday night. We had to go to a child, like go on the waiting list for a childcare centre for out-of-hours supervised visits and fortnightly visits, which were done at the park over to the house that we owned together when we, well, we still owned it at the time, but he was living in it and, yeah, the house we had together. And I was allowed to nominate a person into which would take the kids. So that's kind of where it started. This was fucking absolutely terrible because the kids didn't want to go to the visits and they would scream and yell and my dad was the one that was uh, chaperoning them to the visits and he didn't want to fucking go there either. So it was hell. Like there was a few times that I went along and just sat in the front seat to try and keep the kids calm to which my ex later told the court that he felt like I was doing that to upset him and to upset the kids. And the last few times he told me that I was fat and I looked like shit and was really quite nasty. Um, the childcare centre visits. So that is a childcare centre that's closed. We were booked in on a Sunday at 10.30, I believe, every two weeks. And there was 12 visits. Um By the third visit, my son refused to go anywhere, used to pace around it and there was a letter written to the the court to say that it wasn't healthy for him to be going and by the fourth visit, all kids, none of the kids went through to actually visually see him or sit with him. Um, My middle child went through and waved through the window and then ran away and cried and they were telling the um, workers that they didn't want to go. And by the fourth visit, the workers made a claim and said that it's not healthy for the kids to go. They clearly don't want to be there and they're quite triggered. 
the weekly phone calls were horrendous. It was like screaming and yelling and the conversations would last like, you know, three or four minutes. And I was always just advised by the lawyers that if they didn't want to talk, hang up. And I'm like, you don't realise that the damage this is doing, like you think it's just a phone call, but it's not just a phone call. Like it's it's the energy that they got to get in to talk to someone that is scared the fuck out of them. And it's not just a phone call. Like it, it was horrendous. So that was continuing on because I believed that that's what I had to do. So I was following the rules because I just wanted to prove the point so that the kids could be supported and loved and, you know, not thrown into stuff that didn't work for them. So I had another court case after that, which was a bit of a non-event. It was another drug test. Everything was to continue as normal while we were on waiting list for certain appointments and stuff like that. And then the court after that, um, I rang up my lawyer to see what was scheduled and said, I haven't heard from you, what's going on. And she's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I thought I sent you the email. I didn't. I just needed to let you know that you need to pay another $4,500 tomorrow or I won't be there to represent you. I didn't have this at the time. Like when I left, I literally left with nothing. And a good friend lent it to me and I later pulled it out of my super to pay it back. But I was fucking so sad, like upset. Like I'm like, you didn't tell me any of this. And then she said, by the way, I don't think that you can afford me. So I'm going to send my junior associate or whatever they're called to come and represent you who I'd never even seen before. And we went to court and I just basically got bullied into continuing on with the same orders to see how we were going. And we were, yeah, at that stage, sorry, it was just a continuation of the orders. COVID hit not long after and everything got shut down was a really fucking good thing for me for court because everything ended up being on the phone and I hated being in his energy. It was disgusting. So it was good to be able to kind of stay away from it. By the time COVID hit, I was... Um, you know, like singly looking after the kids and had been for a while. So I decided to pay for, uh, apply for legal aid. And at that stage, I actually had a legal aid lawyer. Um, and it was amazing when I met her because when she come in, I was telling her everything and she's like, well, does your dad want to chaperone the kids? And I was like, no, he goes, okay, well, we'll just say he's not available. And then he has to put forth someone you'll agree with and he won't be able to. So they end there. How are the weekly phone calls going? And I was like, they're fucking horrendous. She's like, okay, the kids don't want to do them. Just stop calling. And by that stage, the contact center visits had ceased. So this is another reason why I really say look into the lawyer because I got this new lawyer and instantly she made massive changes um, to my already existed, you know, what I thought I had to do because I think when we go to court, it's the law and it's scary and whatever. So we just get into this thought process of whatever they say we have to do, we do because we feel like, um, you know, we're going to get in trouble or we're going to get, um, sorry, I need a drink. Thanks, Summer. Um, <laughs> it's funny, my little girl's sitting with me and she's like, the water isn't that good. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I needed a drink. Um, we feel like we get bullied into doing things because we get told, you know, like we're, we've got power to say no. We've got power to say, no, that doesn't suit me. No, that doesn't suit my kids. No, I'm not paying $650 for hair follicle fucking drug tests all the time when I'm not the issue. He can do it, you know, like, and I just took everything as like, oh, okay, whatever's going to get this over with quicker, I'm going to agree to it. So I really, really got bullied around. 
So I went on to have another five cases with a new lawyer and nothing really happened much in the kid department as in she, we would get sent to appointments back and forth all the time. Um, you know, so the kids had to see a psychologist, he had to go to a psychologist and a lot of it was just about the money of a, the transition of the house and, you know, continually trying him trying to prove that he should see the kids and me trying to prove that the kids didn't want to see him and the reason that we're in court is the result of his actions over that last, that especially that three months in which we were separating, um, had separated, sorry, <clears throat> and that, you know, like he, the kids needed to lead the way in this relationship. Then I, we were ordered to go get a family assessment report. So if anyone's had a family assessment report, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyone that hasn't, it's a huge long day where you have 1.5, around an hour and a half, the respondent or the father will get, or mother, depending on who's in what situation, will get interviewed by a court-appointed psychologist and they will interview you and then they interviewed myself and basically, you know, I found it was just very much a, a, like the whole appointment was just trying to make sure that I wasn't lying on my affidavit. So they were asking me lots of questions, lots of backwards, forwards questions. And, you know, I remember their opening statement was, so how do you feel that the court thinks that you're alienating this man? And I was like, mm, ask the kids and I wonder if they'd say the same thing. Because for me, it was always about the kids. Um, you know, obviously there was my own feelings in there and how I felt about the situation. But if the kids had actively wanted a relationship and they felt safe and stuff, I would have happily done that. So the the family assessment report for me was absolutely fucking gold because the kids were really open and honest. I was really open and honest. And the lady wrote up a really great uh, report in our favour and to show that I wasn't coercing the children to feel the way they did and that they spoke in a char- like language appropriate for their age and how they felt were their own feelings and their memories were their own memories. And I wasn't um, forcing them to feel this way. So I'm going to read you just a tiny little part of the end of the report. This is just one section, 109 of however many there were. So it says, in light of the fact that the father has not spent any time with the children since late 2019 and given the lack of communication between the parties on matters related to the children at the time of this assessment, it is difficult to imagine how shared parental responsibility could be effective, effectively optimised. Equal shared parental responsibility requires a level of mutual respect and cooperation between the parents if shared parental responsibility is to operate successfully. The information obtained for this assessment indicated that there was not mutual respect and or cooperation between the parties. Therefore, it is recommended that the father, or sorry, that the mother has sole parental responsibility for the children. The mother represented as presented as a protective and competent parent attuned to the children's needs. In the report, report writer's opinion during, during her interview, the mother sufficiently addressed the father's concerns about the possible risk of harm she, most, she may pose to the children. Overall, the mother presented as capable of attending to the children's needs and making decisions that are best in their best interests. So it always 
makes me wonder why there were still so many court proceedings after that because that's just one little section. Like there's actually a lot more speaking about the father and how, you know, he's not really there for the children. <clears throat> he's more there to just uh, degrade me and put me down. So, you know, like I always wonder why we continued on in court for so long after when this report was, like I said, there was, when I scroll through it now, there's 122 points and most of them were favourably saying that the father shouldn't see the children for X, Y, Z and had to go do all these other things to which he never did. So this report was gold and carried me through a lot of the weight of court. So I highly recommend doing a family assessment report and, yeah, like the court will order it anyway, but if they don't and it's something that you need to add extra, it's a really good report. After this time I became self-represented. I decided that no one was going to fight for the kids like I would. So for the next few I think five times I represented myself and I'm pretty fucking proud with how I represented myself. I stood firm in all my beliefs and I made it my priority that the children's needs were heard and their voices were heard and they were very seen and that it wasn't about me in any way, shape or form, even though, you know, the reality is I'd never like to see him again. But I made sure that that wasn't the sole reason that I was doing it and that I was actually doing it for the kids' best interest and for making them feel safe. And in sticking to that, I feel like that's ultimately what got me to the end point that it did. I was issued a new judge just after I started to self-represent myself and that was the best fucking thing ever because the judge before had a rule chip on their shoulder and was really funny because they were like, I don't like dads being alienated and I understand that the court systems do see that a lot and I'm not trying to say that that's okay but in my instance that's definitely not something that I was trying to do. So it was really good when I got a new judge who actually wanted to hear and I remember one day I was um, down at the beach because I used to try and take the phone calls from the beach and places that would help me feel grounded. And the new judge said, you know, I can imagine this is really tough on you, really emotionally tough, holding everything, holding the space for the children and being, you know, the best mum while dealing with this, especially when the other person, you know, isn't showing up or is, you know, now self-represented themselves but can't submit affidavits and sending multiple emails and all these kinds of things. So that was a really good feeling and that really, really helped me. So he, the next case he didn't show, then the next case the judge was like, right, that's it, we're going to do final orders. If he doesn't show to the next one, we're going to do final orders, but we have to serve him first. So we're going to email him and serve him, to which they did. So then he showed up. So then final orders weren't done. And then it was adjourned again out until this week or last week, sorry, um, where we had a meeting and in Adelaide in the federal court. And there was a meeting with a mediator of the court, the independent lawyer for the children, um, I'm back having lawyered by this time because I knew that we were going to trial at the end of the year. So it was time, like, I really didn't want to go to trial on my own. And um, I was very lucky that I stood up for myself once again. It ended up being my middle child child's graduation from primary school. And normally I would go, oh, you know, I, I've got to go and I would leave her and 
make her go to a graduation with a friend or something and I would go to court. But then this time I was like, I just can't be there. And they all understood. So sometimes you just got to ask the question, like you just never know what could come out of it. And it was amazing because her grab was beautiful and it really felt like I'd stepped into my power. Um, I felt strong and, you know, even though I had a few meltdowns leading into it because I was absolutely terrified of having to sit in the same room with him, I really felt like I knew what I wanted and I wasn't going to stop until I got what I wanted. So that felt really good. Okay, so the day as it went down, oh, it was a fucking shit show, I tell you. I'm going to lay it all out on the cards. So court was in the afternoon. So in the morning, my son wanted to go to work because he was he's doing some work with a brickie. So I drove him about 15 minutes to a little, clo- town, um, little town where he was working. The girls wanted their hair straightened for school, so I straightened the hair, went off, went to yoga, did my stuff and then got the phone call before court to say I'm just going in, what are we saying? And I'm like, I want sole parental um, sole parental rights, full custody and he doesn't get a say basically in it. And he's like, okay, okay. And then he posed that we do weekly phone calls again and I just saw red and said to my lawyer, no fucking way, he doesn't get a say. He hasn't been present for X amount of time. He's not just going to step in and start ringing them and I'm not going through that fucking shit again. It's just not happening. And then he called back a bit later and then I go to the site to pick up my bloody son from work and he's not at work and the old bloke there got it confused and told me that he had a meltdown and they dropped him home at lunchtime to which he wasn't home because I'd been home all day and my son sometimes has some mental health issues from coming out of the relationship so then I was freaking out thinking that he felt like a failure because he hadn't seen his day through with work and bloody had gone missing somewhere so dealing with that mind you mind you graduation so I'm building platters to take to the graduation we're doing uh my daughter's hair getting curled makeup she's getting all dressed up lawyers ringing in and out in and out in and out anyway I was pretty firm very firm on what I would allow there are some orders in there that are a bit wishy-washy like school reports but I'm allowed to blank out the actual school and, you know, he wanted weekly phone calls. I said the kids can have a phone, but he's not to call them. The kids to call him when they want to. That was agreed upon. Um, and, yeah, so I got the caller in the afternoon to say, you know, these are the orders, are you okay with it? And then they just had to finalise the property ones after that. Anyway, go to the graduation at the night, looking at my phone, staring at my phone, wanting the phone call so bad to say it was all over. I didn't get anything. And then I was like okay, I'm going to prepare myself for trial, right? Because I need to have an affidavit ready and stuff like that. And I needed to fly into state to do it. And one of the things I always wanted to do was to have my say, my final say with this whole ordeal. So I thought I'm going to write this and have it ready to go. So I'm going to read that to you now. It's a little bit long. So like I said, get comfy. I don't use any names other than my own. So yeah. Okay, here goes. Hey, This is the last time I will ever address you. You would often say in our relationship, there is no divorce, Lauren, only murder. Well, look, here we are, divorced and I'm still alive. I want to let you know a few things and my final thoughts. It's been over 16 years since we met and now it's been 1,179 days since the kids and I left and I would say around 1,100 days since we last saw you. 
In that time, our eldest started high school. Our middle child just graduated from primary school yesterday and will be starting high school next year. 16 is the age of our son in January. 15 is the age of him now. He's tall and built like my dad. 14 is the amount of court appearances I have attended to get us here today. 13 is the amount of orders that have been written but not abided by. 12 is the amount of birthdays we have celebrated without you. 11 is the age of our daughter, is the age our daughter liked her first boy. 10 is the age of our youngest right now. She's the sweetest little thing. Nine is the amount of times I've taken our son to the doctors for mental health issues just this year. Eight is the amount of dollars sometimes we have left at the end of a pay fortnight after receiving no child support. Seven is the first birthday our youngest celebrated without you. Six out of 12 was the amount of times the kids went to the court-ordered contact centre before the contact centre called it off due to the stress. Five is the amount of court cases you did not show up for or didn't have the right applications and it became adjourned. Four is the amount of people in our direct family. The kids and I do not see their uncles, aunties or grandparents, including my parents anymore. Three is the amount of times we have technically, for the sake of the word, been homeless. Two is the amount of times we have moved into state. One is the amount of times I've admitted our son to hospital for his mental health and anger issues. Zero is the amount of times I will address you by person after today. The reason we are here today is due to the actions of yourself, mainly from those last three months after our separation. The kids were terrified of you because you showed up every day at my mum's house and screamed at us. The list included slap a cunt, I wish you were dead, I'm going to kill you, fuck off son, you're a cunt like your mother and so on. You kicked in our car, you told people I was sleeping with the school counsellor. You showed up at school and I had to meet the kids at another gate and sneak them out. You messaged our son and told him he owed you money and he was a cunt like his mother. You emailed and messaged me over 3,500 times with emotional abuse. You paid no child support. You stole our dog from our mums. You threw pictures and smashed stuff whilst our son was in his room and it was just you two there. You admitted to the kids and I that you took drugs but then made me to be a liar in all the court affidavits. I could continue but the point of the matter is the kids and I have survived those days and this last 2.5 years after those days, like the first three months. As a family, the kids and I have made it this far. We have laughed together, we have yelled at each other and at times we have cried together for we are all each other needs. For, the ref- for your reference, I do not see my mother anymore, so stop messaging her and harassing her. She has no role to play in myself and your relationship. The kids have me and me alone, so your abusive text messages, emails and cruel things you say and do stop today. I'm their rock and when you fuck with my head, I'm not emotionally sound to raise these three beautiful kids to my best ability, so grow up and stop it. As we leave here today, know that things could have been different. I didn't and definitely don't love you anymore but I could have co-parented with you for the sake of our kids. I would have attended events, invited you to birthdays, been at weddings, had Christmases together, etc., with you and your new family if you had one, without any issues for our kids' sake. I would have put my anger, hate and hurt to bed in order for our children to feel loved and respected by both parents. But you did this damage and sometimes damage is irreversible. The contact between yourself and the kids is on their terms and their terms only. In actual fact, we are doing so much better without you in our lives. They may wish to never speak to you again, and you will need to respect that. With everything I've said today, I will leave you with this, my final. At 18, when you were 31, I thought you were kind and loving. You made me feel safe at a time when I was sad and lonely. 
I was naive in thinking we had a future and I'm sorry for thinking that and for having big plans for us, including babies, marriage and houses. I take blame for the things I did wrong within our marriage and the emotional immaturity I had throughout those 14 years. I didn't deserve the way you treated me and I thank you for teaching me lessons as I will never, I repeat, never be treated like that again. I forgive you for not knowing how to love properly. I forgive you for losing your control over me and not knowing how to cope. I forgive you for emotionally hurting the kids. I forgive you for leaving us with nothing. At this time, I have done the inner work and I would like to send you love for the time that you had within my life as we will never speak again. It's at this time I say goodbye. Oh, just every time I read that, the feeling of knowing that that's what I said. (laughs) My daughter's clapping. Just makes me feel so good. Like... I am going to send that one day because I feel like it needs to actually be said. And as much as I am so grateful I didn't get to go to trial and didn't have to go through that, I needed to close it off for me. I'm such a demarcator, like, right, this is the end point. This is where it ends and it doesn't go further than here. So in that, I feel like I've really said goodbye to that particular section of my life being the court process and you wouldn't believe it but when I woke up the next morning I woke up to a message from my lawyer that stated Lauren the final orders are getting drawn up as we speak and that that's the end after three years 15 court hearings multiple messages shit ton of money it's over And as I sit here, I just think I just want to share as much as I've learned along the way, like ways of just being firm in your word and not feeling like you're going to get pushed around and it's okay to say no or disagree or go, that's not in my children's best interest. And I honestly believe if you've got your children's best interest at heart and you truly do, then it will work out and you can stand firm and you can say no to things. And I know at times it's hard because the other parent might be more actively involved than what I've had, but if they are doing psychological damage or, you know, creating stress or tension and whatever, you can fight for that. And by fighting, I don't mean, you know, giving it all and not being able to live and, you know, outputting so much energy. What I mean is, is that you can say no to the things that don't resonate. You you can talk to your lawyer if you have a lawyer because that's what they're there for. Like the other day when we were in court, he was like, well, you should agree to this, you should agree to that. And I was like, mm, but it doesn't sit well with me. And I'm like, but then in saying that, you're the lawyer. If I agree to that, do you think it will go more smoothly? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I think it will. So sometimes it's you put, can push back until the lawyer goes, look, that's not going to work the way you want it to. And then you might have to adjust. But then you get to this point now, it's surreal for me. I don't think it's really completely sunk in, but I can't believe I'm fucking here. Like to think that if when the kids' passports expire, I can sort that myself. And, you know, it just, it just feels like I had this, you know, when you wear a backpack and the straps are too loose and it kind of hangs down and it's like this weird, uneven weight space that was hanging off me for the last, I want to say three years, but 17, but really three years since I've been in court. And now all of a sudden I can stand up and I can shake and I don't have to be looking over my corner. Shake it, girl. 
<laughs> I don't have to be looking over my back and being stressed. Like I've done it. I made it and you can fucking make it too. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the court process. There is obviously a lot more that I could delve into, but you know, it is bloody 10 o'clock at night and I just had to get this out there for you all. Um, but yeah, stay strong guys. You fucking got this and you know, say it with me. You are so brave. You are so strong and you are so very loved in my space. I love you so much. And I want to thank you all for all your messages that you were sending, all your love and support. I fucking love you guys. You mean the world to me. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining this episode of Find My Wild. If you'd like any more information on Find My Wild, head over and follow on Instagram. So it's at find.my.wild. The community is so close to being released and I'm so fucking excited for that. So when you head over to Instagram, please feel free to DM me. Also, always open for topics, questions, anything you'd like to chat about. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. If you could leave a review, that would be amazing or follow along. I'd be really grateful for that. And once again, I'm going to say it till the cows come home or till the end of my time. You were so brave. You were so strong and you were so very loved in my space. Thank you for being here.